0: Hello and welcome to Your Active's agri Podcast. I'm Gerardo Fortuna.
1: And I'm Natasha Fett.
0: And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Your Actives AgriFood team.
1: So, how, how was this uh, week in Agri, the Agri-Week for you, Gerardo, this week?
0: It's actually the second uh, busy week in a row. Huh? Yeah,
1: actually, there's been quite a lot going on. Of agri- mm, mm, last of a week shock. it was
0: the agri committee the yeah. palio and this week the agri-fish well, we don't so... give it away just giving and it was a, idea, I mean it's just it's <laughs> the start of the year eh? so they need to it's calm a a down a to the bit it's of the
1: system though know, after Christmas break and then it t- always takes like two weeks to kind of start gearing back up again you know and then suddenly it's like bam here we are but It's was good it keeps us busy no
0: Ah, well, if you say so <laughs>
1: well you already gave the game away but what happened this week but um what happened at this agrifish what was special about this agrifish council meeting
0: so first of all we were there like we were physically there
1: like there physically in the
0: room
1: yeah, yeah. not in the I room sh- not in the camp not in the meeting but
0: should i say the embarrassing anecdote on uh from the agrifish council no.
1: wait which one
0: I, I mentioned it, so I should... No, the, the one with Luis Planas.
1: Oh, definitely. This is really funny.
0: Yeah, you were a bit worried.
1: No, I, mean. I, thought you, I thought you meant my one.
0: <laughs> there's,
1: there's two. <laughs> no, go on, you can do tell not, them. Do tell not them.
0: mention things because otherwise you have to say. So um, <laughs> That is the rule. Yeah, there was the... You know, at the beginning of the Agrifish uh, Council, there's always the... Um, in journalistic parlance, we call it like uh, the doorstep moment. No, so some ministers, some uh, uh, some of the 27 ministers uh, participating the gathering uh, together with their counterparts, they have this press point before the meeting itself. No, and this time there was uh, the Normandy, of course, the 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 French minister. And uh, the former one, Podgorsak uh, from Slovenia, and also the Spanish Agriculture Minister Luis Planas, who spoke basically—not
1: basically, uh, basically actually—no, but Spanish. I mean to,
0: to, to Spanish press, to Spanish, <laughs> ah, yeah. to the Spanish yeah. press, no. Oh, I see. Okay. So since we know a bit, we we, we thought we know a bit <laughs> of. Uh, <laughs> we
1: do know a bit. Spain,
0: but that's uh, the
1: that's the thing. We know a bit, not a lot. So. Yeah, that-
0: the, my sister is even a teacher of of Spanish. Anyway, um, oh, you really let her down. <laughs> so I, I started to say something about these uh, tariffs uh, that uh, needed to be lifted after a, w, a WTO panel uh, basically said that uh, the the EU and Spain were right, and there was uh, and, and and the issue was about this, what I understood Mystery. being cintura negra. Cintura black negra belt. Yeah, black belt yeah, Cintura negra cintura. What is cintura negra? I
1: just want to say Both of us heard That cintura negra It wasn't just Dorado I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm so, going to throw you Under the bus there We were both Both like Black belt Is that a region?
0: It's Yeah, the dish Is a product <laughs> for a region Because cintura oh. negra Could be like I don't know uh, A set of mountains I don't know But it could also be You know There are some uh, Pig breed uh, That are black and I thought it was, uh, you know, some kind black of... Belt. Uh, Imagine
1: a black belt pig.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martial some kind of pig, pork belly, pig. something like that, no? Oh, okay. And I was uh, really fascinated about this in Turanay and the fact that we <laughs> didn't know anything. I mean, we, we are agri-food reporters. We should at least know.
1: <laughs> I do remember saying, isn't it funny? We've never heard of this <laughs> of this black belt region. <laughs>
0: And in the end, actually, we asked uh, our colleagues and, uh, and in the end it was uh, Aceituna Negra, so <laughs> black olives. But uh, yeah. Which so makes this, this, considerably more sense. Which makes sense. And indeed it was, uh, well, I mean, we can actually, actually explain the situation. There was some tariffs on uh, uh, in North America, actually. People on, aren't uh, going to trust
1: us now after this story. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, you want me to believe you actually know what you're talking about? <laughs>
0: And okay. and again a WTO panel uh, said that uh, the North American countries uh, have to lift these tariffs on aceitunas negras uh black olives uh, from Spain. Uh so yeah I think we can um uh, deep into this um the real content of the Irish council of course we haven't Uh, The minister haven't discussed about, uh, didn't discuss about... uh, Black belts. uh, Black belts.
1: And their love of martial arts.
0: Unfortunately, unfortunately. (laughs) What do do they, what did they discuss, uh, Tash?
1: (laughs) Good question. Um, Well, actually, just to point out, I don't think we've already said this, but... This was the first Agri-Fish Council meeting under the French presidency. So the first meeting that was chaired by uh, Julien de Normandie, which is the French agri-minister. So, of course, um, you know, they also, they spoke a lot to kick off with about the priorities of the French presidency. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was Julien de Normandie's moment to really push on the main topics and interests that, you know, France are going to really be pushing over these next six months. Um, and those are, I mean, there's kind of three main, well, there's several different um, different priorities for the French. Uh, this main one being reciprocity of trading standards. So this is the, the famous mirror clauses that we keep hearing so much about. Um, basically, the idea that, you know, agri-food products that are imported into Europe have to abide by the EU's environmental and health standards, especially when it comes to things like pesticides you know, use of different phyto pharma, pharmaceutical products. Um, and so this is this is really the thing we keep hearing again and again being pushed on the French agenda, um, kind of the main thing that we're probably going to be talking about over the next six months. Um, clearly very, very important priority uh, for for Julien de Normandie.
0: That, that, that's a slight, a tiny difference compared to the past, though, uh, when it comes to mm-hmm. Miracle, because it's, uh, again, as you said, it's something that... Uh, uh, is already in the EU bubble, was already in the EU bubble before the Green, even before the Green Deal. But actually the Green Deal changed a bit the situation because it's no longer a matter of, again, phytosanitary aspects, but now there are some uh, other standards that are supposed to be implemented in the EU framework uh, because of the farm-to-fork strategy and the biodiversity strategy. So it's basically, uh, it could create uh, what sometimes have have been called asymmetries between the new high demands on on, uh, European farmers and lower sustainable environmental standards of the imported products. So in this, it, it became a priority also because of the Green Deal, basically. So that's also why um, it's it's quite high on the agenda of, of the French presidency. But it's also yeah. a theme very common for for French for people. Yeah. yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, I remember he, in, in the press conference following the the meeting, he was talking about how it was needed to both protect f- farmers, you know, from, from being undercut by lower quality uh, products, but also to f- protect consumers so that consumers know what they're, you know, what they know what they're eating know what they're yeah, getting yeah 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 that it is what it says on the tin etc cetera, etc cetera. so um so yeah that was the, i mean his main you know his main line um also um, pushing a lot on um things like carbon farming um other i mean he spoke about you know upcoming uh different revisions of eu legislations that obviously they'll be overseeing things like on the geographical indications Um, agricultural statistics and of course again coming back to well pesticides also were a key theme um, talking a lot about this revision of the sustainable use of pesticides directive which um, I think we're going to see in March
0: in March, in yeah.
1: March. Um, I like the twenty third of March. Is, is yeah, in my I think mind. Or, or
0: twenty, either either twenty first or twenty third. It's around
1: that date. Um, yeah, from, yeah. that we'll hear from the the commission, the kind of the proposal. We're not
0: computer. We're not computer.
1: <laughs> I want to say it's twenty third. I'm just going to put myself out there. I, I think say. it's
0: twenty first. Uh, let's see. Whoa. This is this sounds like. A, sounds We're like going
1: to a... have a bet between us.
0: Yeah, you're yeah,
1: frantically yeah. googling it now, aren't you?
0: No, i, I... I okay.
1: swear. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, whatever. 21st, 23rd, we'll see who's right. <clears throat> me. But it's, anyway.
0: it's so tense, this situation, that you also started with allegation of uh, cheating. <laughs> no, no. I just remember 20, the 21st. Eh? If you're sure about your date... Because uh, I
1: think it's a Wednesday.
0: It's a it, it, For sure it's a Wednesday, because it's the day of the college.
1: It's
0: the day, the day of the... the let me check what's, what's the Wednesday... It's 2022, isn't it? Didn't it? Is it? Yes. No, no, no. I just said that there's Oh it oh, in okay. March 2022, which means yeah. that probably it's 2022. 20, oh my goodness!
1: Everyone's on tenterhooks hooks now. Yeah, we have to yeah. give them the actual date. Okay, fine. Anyway completely lost my train of thought that he's he's he was focusing on the sustainable use of pesticides size directive and and the different ambitions that he has for it in fact he had this very should i mention this he has this kind of kind of confusing line um about well i found it a little bit confusing i mean i asked for a clarification question from him about it but
0: you just say that the french agriculture minister is confused uh.
1: No no, I said it was so confusing.
0: You basically you basically burn sure all the possibility. Well. You you <laughs> you've all the possibility to have uh, the Normandy. No, no, but if it's podcast.
1: confusing that he, he needs to clarify it, therefore he should give us an interview to to clarify his case, no.
0: Okay, no? okay, okay, fine. Anyway,
1: fine, fine. Um I know why,
0: about, why he was he, he seemed confused.
1: This idea about We seem to be mixing these two different legislations. He was talking about, as I said, the the Sustainable Use Pesticides Directive. Uh, He also talked a lot about the maximum residue uh, levels for pesticides, so like the maximum level that's allowed, um, you know, of pesticides on different food products. Um, And he was saying he wants to incorporate, so that's the MRL, known as the MRL. He wants to incorporate MRLs into the Sustainable Use of Pesticides Directive. Now, it's still quite unclear to me. I mean, I asked him, you know, what do you mean by this? Like, technically, concretely, how would this work? Because they're two different legislations. And he said, oh, we have to see with the commission about how technically it would work on a technical level. But the ambition is there. We want to align. We want to bring the two together. We want to align the MRLs in in the EU. Um, And that was the ambition, to have a harmonisation both within the bloc and also from produce coming elsewhere. Uh, how that is going to work in practice, I'm not. I'm, I'm still not totally clear exactly kind of what you know what that means for you know how it could evolve, um, and also what role he would play in that because really pesticides is not really his. It's not his domain. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. The, it's actually the, the environment. The environment
1: yeah. yeah. So it would be more on the. I mean, like I guess the actual whether that translates into anything in practice will be on the environmental side of things
0: um yeah indeed it's a it's a bit weird dimension i mean i can understand from a from a political point of political perspective because of course it's uh this is the the oddity of this uh, french presidency uh it's happening basically during uh the french elections mm, so yeah. Yeah, there are also pesticides. is quite a quite an important topic in France. I remember oh, once definitely, yeah. I I came back to Brussels from uh, from Strasbourg. I I uh, reported on a on a um, on, on a plenary in Strasbourg, and there was the vote on the from the special committee on uh, uh, pesticide. And I basically spoke the entire um, journey. Uh, back to Brussels with the guy from from the Babla car uh, about pesticides. So it's basically a... Yeah. Uh, so
1: you're an expert. I mean, that's like
0: five hours. No, really. yeah, yeah, five <laughs> hours. Imagine, five hours of pesticide. Yeah, and uh, and, the guy, and the through, guy and the guy seems every
1: to. Different pesticide, or are you like?
0: No, I was a journalist. I basically forgot about the 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 what happened. But uh, I just I don't remember, and, and he seems to know more than me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's a bit weird uh, as as I mentioned because as you said, they're completely not completely different, but you know, there's there's a framework in the EU when it comes to the MRL. So pff, one option could be like a mention in the uh, opening uh, opening uh, statements of the revision of the SUD directive but uh, uh, more than that I don't see practically how it is possible to integrate the two and also what's the added value of integrating um
2: well,
1: yes. also that yeah I'm, I was a, a little bit at a loss to understand what that would actually mean <laughs> you know what I mean like I mean, what what value that would bring
0: um yeah indeed, indeed. That, that, that's clearly a thing that we're going to investigate it's uh, well, we're it's in the bit...
1: process of investigating as we speak Yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, and so uh, we'll be yeah.
1: bring you more on that Um yeah but maybe besides so besides so back to the agri fish besides um the french priorities the french presidency priorities there's also a num- number of other issues that were touched upon in the meeting that were that were interesting i'd say one of note that was quite interesting that we did have an article about um on your active which you can go and check out um was about the Bela- belarus food import embargo um there was discussions well there was a lot of discussions about trade generally but there was talk about this embargo um and there were some interesting comments from um the eu agricultural commissioner Janusz wajorowski about this um so as a, a reminder um you know basically back in right at the beginning of the year or right at the end of last year um belarus introduced this embargo um on products coming from the eu um which is actually set to to impact a number of different um a number of different products you know things like a range of things mainly fresh Fruit and vegetables, also meats and dairy, um, and this basically came in re- in retaliation after the in December the European Council adopted sanctions against Belarus um, in response to alleged human rights abuses, um, different to do with migrants at the bloc's border, um, and so this basically foods ended up a little bit caught in the geopolitics of the whole situation, um, meaning you know that farmers are, are now being and producers are now being uh, are now being they've been caught in this in this in this fight. Um and actually the Commissioner Janusz Wojowski, you know, he didn't really miss his words when it came to this. I mean, he's he's also got, he's defending his home country here, right? Because Poland is also really implicated and one of the countries that sets to be the most impacted by this embargo. And it was actually Pol- the Polish delegation that brought um this issue as in any other business point discussion during the council meeting um, and so yeah he backed you know the the Polish delegation he was saying that this uh, embargo is part of a hybrid attack on the EU a weapon he said he used against the EU um, he was drawing parallels between the weaponization of these restrictions um, and also that of illegal migration um so quite an interesting discussion there uh, on trade um as I said the embargo stands to to be to be quite impactful actually on european uh, producers there was one estimate from the eu's fresh produce association that was saying up to 500,000 metric tons of fresh produce um exports from the eu to the value of around about 300 million euros uh, stand to be impacted um so pretty uh Pretty impactful uh, embargo there that we're going to be de- talking about and dealing with, um, you know, over the coming months because it's a six-month embargo.
0: Yeah, and probably will be renewed because... Could, I mean, it it could be
1: extended. Know. Also, even Valerie said it could also be extended to other food produce yeah. as well. So, you know, there's there's a chance that it could escalate, it could get worse, it can get longer, and also, um, yeah, more more items on the list of that have been restricted.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not... Um... I don't have uh, magic powers but I assume that the situation in Belarus uh, will not uh, change uh in the next month so probably going to be renewed and 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 technically extended but let's see let's see let's be um let's check the situation we pro- we sh- for sure uh check the situation and uh the potential developments and another situation uh, again, happening in Europe is the current price crisis of the uh, pig meat sector. It was addressed at the AgriFish Council uh, too. Um, basically, European pig farmers are facing this uh, kind of perfect storm scenario uh, that is creating this uh, price slump, uh, which is a bit driven by the impact. Uh, uh, of of the COVID lockdowns on particularly on food services, but also a decrease in exports to China. Actually, it's not really a decrease in export. They probably had too much, ex- too many expectations on the on a growth in uh, in uh, the exports over China, and also the spread of the African swine fever. Uh, there was uh, uh, it was a, a, a case. Actually, nine seven cases. Um, uh, were detected last week in Italy, uh, in a region really close to the uh, Parma ham region. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's a bit, uh, it's a worrying situation. Actually, in Italy uh, and in the island Sardinia, there's the African swine fever, and is endemic. It's forty years that uh, that uh, is is there and, uh, and never reached the mainland. So. Uh, Italians have some kind of expertise in how to uh, wow, deal with Well, they've really the,
1: contained that, kept mm, it really contained.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's a, it's a case study. <laughs> yeah, and oh, um, okay. so uh, some some countries also have decided uh, to stop uh, imports from Italy of uh, pork and, and, and pork products. Uh, Japan, Kuwait, China, and even Taiwan and Switzerland. So it's yeah. uh, the situation is is, is worrying uh, it's for farmers in yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the sector and some member states are pushing for some exceptional measures uh, to be taken by the European Commission. The Commission is not is still a bit uh, hesitant in in taking these uh, exceptional me- measures because uh, this is what Wojciechowski said. Uh, uh, to the ministers there's some kind of uh, recovery inside for the sector uh there are some um, you know so, so, some some uh, signs like for instance uh the prices uh, for uh, uh the prices started increasing just before christmas and this this was considered encouraging uh because also the, the normal the normal production cycle prices um it's uh it's basically um normally f- fall at in uh before january and it rise in the spring so the fact that it's increasing, it, it's uh, it's considered a, a positive uh, signal, but um, but at the same time, an intervention from Brussels uh, is is considered a bit too much uh, by the Commission, and uh, because it would send uh, a wrong signal to the to the markets uh because producer might be encouraged uh, to maintain or even increase the production again it's not a, it's not a crisis of uh, a product crisis it's a, pr- a crisis of prices uh it's basically the uh, cost uh, of production are uh, higher than the uh, prices for the the final product so th- that's the situation um actually again there are some tools already available that's what the commission uh, told me the ministers and are basically um the of course the rural development program the the, the so called um uh, uh, second pillar of the agricultural policy uh, there are some funds to deal with the situation but there's also um, the so called uh, de minimis arrangements which are basically derogation of the state aid rules, because you know I mean the uh, the eu is uh, is a block but is uh, uh, that, that doesn't allow doesn't allow state aid um, so every kind of uh, help from the um, central governments need to be notified to the commission the commission has to approve this is the antitrust no it's actually yeah the antitrust power of the the commission the competition. Uh, powers of the Commission, but there's some kind of exemption, and actually, it's quite—it's uh, not that—it's um, not that low. This uh, this exemption, because it's up to 25k uh, per uh, farming holding, and uh, so basically, the member states could decide to help uh, the uh, a certain sector without notifying to the Commission. It's not considered state aid, basically. What uh, the uh, ministers want instead is basically state aid. So uh, allowing the state aid and particularly some very strong uh, exceptional measures like, for instance, the private storage. Um, The private storage is basically compensation measures for market losses, Uh, because they basically, um, they, they remove temporarily products, uh, from some markets with the aim of reducing a short term oversupply, you know, so it's, it's, it's quite big. They basically allow member states to, to buy these products in order to control uh, prices. And at the same time, uh, there are also other very strong weapons that the commission doesn't want to use at the moment. Uh, Because, uh, as I said, they think the recovery is inside, but also they think that the sector will find a way out uh, on its own. So, uh, again, this is another topic that we, gonna, that we are uh, planning to cover in the next months to see if uh, the Commission is right <laughs> and uh, the sector is basically, um, uh, will find a way out from, uh, from this situation that was considered one of the worst in the, in the, in the history for, for European uh, pig farmers.
1: And so this week there was uh, an interesting and highly anticipated vote um, in the plenary session this week. And to talk to us a little bit more about what happened, we have with us our um, EUACTIVE Germany reporter, Julia Dahm. Welcome to the podcast, Julia. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello.
3: Welcome to be here.
1: Not your first time. Um, So, Julia, tell us a little bit more about this vote. What was this this vote um, that happened this week?
3: Yeah, so basically... The European Parliament had set up an inquiry committee to investigate allegations that the rules for live animal transport were not being complied with in the member states and were regularly breached. And this committee worked from 2020 to 2021 and um, finished its work in December. And um, it produced some papers, some recommendations, some results that the plenary voted on today.
0: So yeah, it's uh, it's uh, um, the end of a long journey. Actually, uh, not talking about animal transport, but the journey of the ANET committee because it's this uh, uh, inquiry committee was uh, actually set up um, like more than a year and a half ago. Yes. Um, so, uh, Julia, you followed the issue. Uh, what were the main controversies? uh in uh, in this uh, plenary vote because i mean the, the ANIS committee adopted the draft report uh, um in december and there was basically the, the plenary vote this week so what what are the main uh, what were the main controversies
3: mm, so mainly the plenary today sticked with what um the committee had proposed but one point that was um quite a controversy today was um a motion by the Greens who wanted to introduce a hard limit on the duration of animal transports. So they want wanted animal transports to be limited to eight hours max, um, which was something that the committee had not proposed. Um the committee proposed to limit the duration of transports for some um some types of animals and under certain conditions. Um, but not for most animals. So the Greens wanted this this hard limit, but um ultimately they the motion didn't go through, so the m e p stuck with uh, what the committee proposed with this kind of bit more bit more muddly version of it and the count, the argument for this side was basically that um for practical reasons um sometimes this eight hour limit just can't be uh just can't be adhered to so imagine if you have a um a farm that's raising pigs, but the next slaughterhouse is more than eight hours away. Then obviously you have to transport animals for more than eight hours to get them there.
1: And so you said, other than that controversy, um, they mainly kind of stuck with the recommendations. Could you give us a, maybe a quick overview of what this kind of means? What kind of thing they what they want to tighten in this uh, for these rules?
3: Yeah, I think there's basically two two main issues that this um, that the committee came up with, and that's on the one hand that the rules that are already existing. Um, are just not being um, implemented well. So on the one hand, they're calling um, on the Commission and on the Member States to make sure that the rules are actually being implemented and are also being that there are also consequences if you don't. Um, because during their work, the Committee found um, regular uh, regular infringements of the rules. For example, um, that vehicles were overloaded that animals were transported in vehicles that aren't adequate for them, um, that they didn't have proper um, water supply and things like that. And the second part of the committee's work is that they'd like the rules on animal transports, um, live animal transports, to be stricter. Um, That includes rules on the duration of transports, which we already talked about. Um, So they... Called on the commission to introduce some limits um, on the duration of transports, and also uh, restrictions on transports of weak animals, such as uh, newborn animals who haven't been weaned yet, or weaned, um, or pregnant animals or very old animals who are just in no condition to be to be transported. Um, and the other thing is the conditions um, during the transport, which the MP- MEPs also want to be tightened. Um, for example, the temperatures under which um, animals can be transported. So the MEP is called, for example, to ban any transports uh, in temperatures over 30 degrees because it's just too hot. Um, and there's other conditions such as uh, the moisture in the air or um, yeah, other, con- other conditions that have to be met um, during the transport if. Uh, if the commission does what the MEPs want.
0: But, but apart from the outcome, the main outcome of this uh, um, inquiry committee, I have to say that uh, in this uh, year and a half, uh, uh, the work of the MEPs uh, that were involved in this, uh, who were involved in this uh, uh, in the works of the committee uh, were quite interesting also from the point of view of the kind of scientific findings that, and, and even uh, of course the hearing that they had, uh, they did a very good job in terms of uh, raising awareness on, uh, on um, the situation. Mm, yeah, of they've been the super situation. busy. Yeah, super busy. And uh, th- there was a, an oped uh, published uh, on our website, You're Active, uh last week from uh, uh the, the chair of the uh, parliament committee uh, on uh, on uh, animal transport live animal transport, uh Tilly Met together with Anya Hazenkamp, who's actually the vice chair of the uh the same committee. And uh and looking at the findings that they collected in this uh, year, I mean it was a very uh interesting job. Eh? And also, I remember that I was um, in contact uh, uh, with the MEPs in the Anit Committee when there was the when they um, basically uh, invited the Spanish government to uh, uh, technically be grilled <laughs> because you, you, I don't know if you remember. Uh, the uh situation that happened in the mediterranean mm. uh, i was just thinking
1: know. about that actually
0: yeah yeah it was and very there was, timely
1: you know it was a very timely moment for this committee to have been formed indeed
0: and, and and i remember they invited the spanish government and the spanish government declined and it was uh, it was actually one of, <laughs> an exclusive from yourira but uh um, Casually just
1: slipping that one in
0: there yeah 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 the, the, the spanish government said that uh, the minister of work schedule the uh, commitments in may was uh Uh, super busy and so they they couldn't uh, uh, be um, hurt by the the MEPs in the UNIT committee. But also the commission, I think, that uh, appreciated uh, uh, the work of, uh, and not only the suggestion, but also the the technical works, uh, the technical, uh, the the scientific funding uh, of the uh, committee.
3: Yeah, I think... um uh, what's very interesting about the committee is that they were actually very on the ground and
0: did lots lots
3: lots of visits on site to actually check on um on the conditions on the ground and yeah um, they were quite
1: investigative weren't they mm-hmm. you know, having a look at actual what was actually happening what the animals yeah what the conditions were so and I think you
3: can you could hear that in their um in their statements during the different debates that uh, they'd first hand seen the stuff and yeah, and we're basically talking about their own experiences. Um, but yeah, as you said, I think the commission um, was quite open to it. And um, the uh, commissioner, Stella Kiriakides, uh spoke today in Parliament too, saying that not only the, will the commission uh, incorporate the um, the final report of the committee into its ongoing revision of the animal welfare legislation, uh, but o- that also already this year, they are taking first steps to react to what the MEPs found. Um, mm.
1: yeah, Actually, now through. you've mentioned Commissioner Estella mm-hmm. Um How about we hear from her firsthand what, a little clip from that speech?
2: It's particularly important that we build robust legislation that protects animals, prevents suffering, but is also easy to implement and enforce and that is based on the latest scientific advice and on the outcomes of our consultation activities. So as we work towards our legislative proposal in 2023, we will continue to work on enforcing the current legislation with particular emphasis on the issues that have been raised and have been found to be problematic in the transport of live animals and that the ANET Committee has highlighted in its thorough and lengthy investigations.
1: Actually, speaking of Telemet, um, we actually spoke with her um, to hear her reaction after the outcome of the vote. And so here's what she said.
2: It was for me a very strong and instructive experience to be chair of the ANIT committee. And I'm very happy that we agreed in December on a strong report where uh, we agree that there are systematic failures of the implementation of the rules and that there are systematic issues and that we can really speak of a collective failure and that things have to change. Regarding the recommendations, I think also there, there are some very strong messages, maybe sometimes not going far enough, but first steps in order to guarantee a better protection of the animals during transport. For example, the reduction to eight hours for slaughtering animals, Uh, the duration of transport, and on the other hand also limiting in the future the exports to countries that have EU standards of animal welfare. We would have liked to have even stronger rules there, but I think a lot of important first steps are in those recommendations. Also, the important needed shift to transport more meat and carcasses instead of live animals. So, all in all, it's uh, an important step that we did here, but the fight is not over to guarantee more protection of animals during transport. And also this brings uh, also that we have to question the whole food supply chain and also our agricultural system. We have to come back to more local and regional production and consumption because the transports are only a symptom of uh, also our agricultural system.
0: This week, the AgriFood podcast is produced by YourActives AgriFood team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Foot, with the technical support of Davy Chiori. Uh, This podcast is also available on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Stitcher and Spotify.
1: Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss the latest agri-food news from the EU. I'm Natasha Foote. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week.